How was uh? How was, how was everyone's week? Much better. It's good. 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 It's good. Went and saw oh, the movie. Right. Did you guys see the movie? Is this, are we? Are we yeah, recording we're, now? Yeah, we're, so, we're, we're recording, Brian. Wait a wait a <laughs> wait a. Oh. Is this thing on? Is well, this we, thing on? Didn't, <laughs> we didn't do the uh, the opener. Yeah, I mean we we've got a couple of those. Recordings. I'll splice it in. Welcome in. You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines talk about God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the Divine Council worldview. Now, this is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the faint of heart. There's nothing about who we are or what we say that make us experts, but you better believe that we're going to have a take, and perhaps it won't suck. But yeah, so the movie was good. So first of all, for us, we went to see it, and... uh... I went with a pretty big group. There was about nine, ten of us. And we went to dinner first, and then we all went and watched the movie. And it was at a theater I'd never been to. And it was like in the hood. And so, like, where the hell are we going? And so, apparently, it's the only place that was showing it. I don't know if it's all this conspiracy about, you know, AMC's out to get the, whatever the name of the company is that produced the movie or whatever. But, uh, Angel Studios. A- Angel Studios, yeah. But, uh, we pull up and I'm looking around and I'm like, yeah, good thing I can still carry around here because <laughs> it was going to be sketch when we came out. But then I go into the theater and it's like has super nice motorized reclining all leather seats and everything. It was super pleasant. So I didn't have any. My AC didn't go off. The movie didn't shut off in the middle of it. Right. It, it went through one couple got up and left in the middle. I don't think they knew what they were getting into uh, emotionally mm-hmm. when they. When they when they bought tickets to watch it but uh yeah i thought it was really good austin went with us and uh my son and uh at, right as the movie was over i was sitting there thinking about it also he looks at me and he goes these children actors were amazing <laughs> and i was like right, right. that little girl right. man like i bought every bit of the emotion that she was yeah. she was that she was selling you know like mm. it was it felt real um and then i mentioned it to carrie and uh my wife I'm saying that, by the way, for those at home, not for the two that I'm talking to. But uh, she made the comment that she had read somewhere that those two kids are in like therapy because of how the, the, the two actors? child actors, yeah, yeah, like, huh. because of what they well, uh, what they went through psychologically it, it, to 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 prepare for the role and to to do the role. Well, what happened? Well, according to the producer, um, he was talking about how they had therapists that were on set to work with the children. Well, one day they got a new one and they say, Hey, new listen, therapist or a new kid, a, a new therapist. Okay. We, we just needed to cry. So we can get this take, uh, the, 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 the famous bathtub scene. Right. Yeah. So, so, um, she starts crying mm-hmm. and the director's like, this is great. Like, boom, we got it in one take. We're awesome. She's amazing. Let's move on to the next thing. And then the little girl didn't stop crying. Because she got so into it, she was, like, legit crying. Well, here's what happened. Since the new therapist or the child handler was new, they didn't really know the rules. So this guy relayed to the child exactly who they were playing. So oh, they were trying no. to keep the kids safe from that and just give them uh, random things to cry about. It's yeah, like, oh, you're playing a kid that was actually never going to see her dad again, and all the like, and then that got the emotion out. But she didn't know that that was her role because they were trying to protect the kids. Mm. So once that got out, 
it looks like maybe the kids shared some stuff and now they're in, in, in they pieced it all together and realized what the hell yeah. it was that was going on in the movie yeah well it wow. made it made so, me think like you know we've come a long ways so you know in our society and the three of us do it everybody does it right we like to make fun of how we everything's a mental this and everything's needs therapy but we have definitely gone down this continuum of if you think about 50s 60s nobody got therapists nobody cared about mental health right 80s and 90s 2000s we started to realize maybe it was a real thing and then now it's too much right like now everything's therapy related but it makes me wonder like how many child actors developed all of the problems that they developed with you know drugs and alcohol and all of that if how much of that was trauma from the roles they played forget about hollywood and the all of the all the crap that comes along with hollywood but how much of that like you know you're the you're playing a kid who's been you know possessed by satan and the kid's like oh my god you know and then the kid's going home and thinking about it because he's like i know exactly what that would look like because my director told me what it would look like and now i'm you know it's too personal i don't know it's just something i thought about yeah I mean, I'm for, okay say again did, did she okay i'm i'm not sure she did i don't know <laughs> so, like, yeah i don't know I, I i mean she's old now so we don't we don't know anymore yeah. I, yeah. I know i know that personally i probably saw that movie a lot different than you know a 25 year old me would have saw that 100 and, and I, I would have been impacted for sure um but the things i mean i i imagine because i i took delani on a date night not not, a date not really night. a good that, date that, wasn't that, a real good feel good movie i didn't really get her in the mood for for later that evening no so no I put my rescue suit on like maybe my marine my marine gear then that, that had that got her back but i <laughs> 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 I know for me, the most of the parts that really impacted me the most was every time the father was on screen, the father of the two, mm-hmm. of, the, of the brother and sister. Um, that's probably not Delani's, you know, thing right. or, or what impacted her the most. Just, just as for watching, I, I could hear her react sitting next to me, and then you know, then I would react to something else. Yeah, I, I definitely, it's it, it definitely has to affect everybody differently, right? Um, it was funny because. The, the dad obviously got me, but I got more. So the part that got me, this is actually going to be a long share as I explain this, but uh, if you guys will indulge me, what got me was when the strength that, and by the way, let's do this real fast. For anybody that hasn't seen the movie, if you're watching or listening to this, we're about to spoil the crap out of the movie, right? So if you don't like spoilers yeah, and you haven't seen it, maybe you might want to hit pause and go watch it and then pick this back up later <laughs> so we can we can kind of talk about because we're going to talk about the movie pretty freely. Um, I think that's fair to say. So you've been warned, right? We're going to we're going to we can't do this without spoiling it. Um, so anyway, it, we could save that to the to the end and talk about the more abstract takeaways from it about uh we could do that first and then save the spoilers for the end, but oh, I mean, we uh, can, I mean, I don't care. I didn't, I didn't think about, I don't know how I didn't really structure a discussion. So I don't really know what to talk about. That would be spoilerish versus not. Um, well, I mean, we could talk about, uh, the, the, the media reaction to it. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do that. And, okay. Uh, that's fine. Spoiler alert is, has been rescinded. 
we're 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 we're, we're back at defcon one it, it has been held in advance. Oh no, four. I'm sorry. We're back at DEFCON four. Wait, which one's bad? I think it's the, 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 the lower is... number is the the most dangerous. Right. Yeah. We're back at four. Yeah. We're we're at sta reg yeah. regular operating procedure. All right. So, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of coverage of uh, you know this this is you know every, I think anybody who's paying attention to the news has seen this, but it's it's worth kind of noting. Because it's it's relevant to our our main jam about the the divine council worldview. We live in a world ruled by demons. Um, if you need any more evidence, if you need evidence for that, look no further than the coverage surrounding this. Um, you know, mainstream media dismisses it as a as a right wing conspiracy theory. I mean, this is publicly documented. Yeah, I thought that was really things. crazy to see to see some of those comments like that. Like mm -hmm. this, like this stuff isn't real. Like it doesn't really happen. Like this guy didn't actually do ostensibly, or like you know, broad broadly speaking, what the movie portrayed. He did those things. Maybe not in that sequence. Maybe not in that you know time frame, whatever. But he did those things. <clears throat> and it's yeah, it's not even like it's not even arguable, right? Like it's a it's a matter of public record the stuff that this guy's done. So it's really weird that the media is acting like they basically use the same uh, straw man attack as they did for the Chris Pratt series on on Prime, the uh, the Terminal List. Oh yeah, it's a uh, right wing power fantasy, but yeah. it's revenge it's, fantasy uh, is what they called that one. Yeah. Except did, you know, did you guys I, see Terminal was, List? I, yes. Yeah, I did. I, I enjoyed um, it thoroughly. I thought it yeah, was great. It was, good, it was a good show, um, but um, it was really dark. But unlike Terminal List, I thought there'd be well, I'll save that to the end. I just I thought there'd be more violence. They they did that on purpose. That. It was only PG thirteen. They yeah. wanted it to be kid friendly, as kid friendly as that can be. That so that begs a question. Want... So without spoiling it, what age would you guys take a kid to see that? Um, I don't I don't have kids. So what would um, so what would you think as a as a non-parent? I, I mean, I would think as soon as they're early, they're old enough to watch movies with villains, and understand that that I I wouldn't want to traumatize them, but I, I would I would want my kids to to be exposed to that as early as they can understand it, so they understand that. Uh, it, I'll never tell my kid that there's no such thing as monsters because there absolutely are. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're like, but they're like cockroaches and rats. They, they hide in the, they skitter away and hide in the shadows when the lights come on. They're not to be there to be, we're to be cautious with them, but not, not give them, not give them the power over us of, of fearing them. But yeah, kids need to understand that there are monsters out in the world, and uh, I, I don't, I don't think you're, I don't think you're doing them any favors by telling them there aren't. Yeah, Dre, what do you think? And, and before I, you I, answer, I, before you answer, I have a, I have a, I have a more complex add to the question. What age do you think so, you would have taken your own kids, and at what age would you take your grandkids? Okay. Um, I, I think that this is a mature movie with mature topics, mature subject matter. Um, they would have to be in middle school, my, my own children, 
Um, and, and same with my grandchildren, really. Thir 13 is, I think, is kind of appropriate. And then it's a, it's a matter of, do I know my 13-year-old well, well enough? Yeah. Um, I, look, I, I think the movie's rated PG-13 to get grandmas to watch it, to get babysitters to watch it, to get religious people to watch it and not be distracted by violence because the subject matter is, is, is powerful enough. You know, it's interesting when I watched the movie, The Conjuring for the first time I saw that it was rated R. Mm. So I looked it up. I'm like, cause I watched it. I was like, what about this movie is rated R? And uh, it was because it was scary. That was actually the reason why it really? was rated R because it was scary. So, so to me, this that's a very this, subjective this subject. That's a very subjective right. rating to use. <clears throat> I, I I think that um you can make children aware of strangers. You can make children aware of surroundings. You can keep children safe without telling them that they're going to be kidnapped by whoever, wherever, and be raped over and over again. I I I I really do. Um, I I don't think this is for small children at all. Yeah. At all. Yeah, I, th I think um, I think I agree with you that 13, 14 middle school is kind of the right yeah. thing. You know, the, the, the trick about it is for me, you know, obviously it's younger kids that are just as at risk. But how you don't you know, it's really too right. much. It's basically, it's just like, don't talk to strangers because I said so. Right. Like I don't have to I don't have to show you gratuitously why. Right. No more than I'm going to say, don't touch that gun. I, they don't need to see video. They don't need to see images of bodies that have been destroyed by firearms to know not to touch a gun right sometimes you and just do things because i told you strung out on heroin right <laughs> my, so my, my thinking is that if if the kid if the kid's old enough that they're not in your direct control that you're that you're not you know if they're going if they're old enough to go out and to sleep over with their friends or if they're if they're outside of the house outside of your direct control um and you know, I think whatever age that is, that's that's kid specific. I, I couldn't give a number, um, but I think well, it, but I think if you're old enough, if you're old enough to be victimized, I think you're old enough to to be warned about it. That little boy uh, was only uh, eight. He was seven when he was abducted. So yeah. so real life, so here's he was only five. Really? So so here's yeah. the thing. Here, here's here's kind of one of the thoughts I had about that. The movie wasn't about the dangers of being a kid. That wasn't what the movie, and this is my, my view, right? If you think about, we're getting into the spoilers, um, but like. Just do it, man. Well, yeah. But the, the start of the movie though, is it's not really a spoiler. So it's really the dad's fault. That for... That's, well, that's, that's kind of a fucked up thing to say, right? Like it was the dad's fault. If you take your kid to a to a, would you take your your seven year old kid and just leave them with strangers like that? I, they, they they didn't feel like a stranger by that point, dude. He traveled with this woman. They were out of town. They'd got on a bus and went to a different town, and like she had been in his house. Like that was well scripted. That was well done. How that woman contrived the situation, right? Like the dad is to blame. I think I'm they stopping were, short of saying rude. it was his fault, right? Like it was, it was set up very well, but my he point is simply, he was, he's responsible. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it just, it feels, it feels indictful when you say it's his well, fault, but I, I mean, you're just, right. Just, we're splitting just, hairs. I think it's worth point. I just think it's worth pointing out that it was, they took advantage of his naivete. Yes. 
not the children. That's and that was what but I was going to say. Is I think that's Matt's point. That's my yeah. point. Is this wasn't about the kids yeah. screwed up or the kids got into a van with a stranger? The whole movie was about adults not doing the right thing, right? It's about the dad screwed up, the police screwed up, the you know state department or uh, homeland security. You know everybody. It was it was a it was a symphony of adults not doing what had to happen to keep bad things from happening to kids. Right. It wasn't yeah. some kid made a mistake and let the boogeyman in or jumped in somebody's truck. Right. And got and got whisked away. Now, they showed videos at the end, like the real life stuff. Right. Of that happening. Yeah. Kids getting, you know, yanked off on motorcycles and stuff. But but like this wasn't about the kids making a bad decision. This was about a bunch of adults not doing the right thing on both sides. Right. Um, so, like, I don't know, because you know, I, I don't think I'd show it to a kid younger than 13, 14. But to those kids are probably already not at risk for what this was about. This was about little kids, right? This is about children, not about, you know, pubescent teenagers kind of thing. Not that those girls, I mean, Taken, you know, a different movie about a similar, the similar industry was about, those girls were grown for all intents and purposes, right? They were, they were young adults. Um, so I think that's also kind of a, a thing. Here's a, here's a question I have. So Dre, to the, the you're, you made the point about, uh, the exorcist or the conjuring being R because of it being scary is PG. You think PG 13 is a fair rating for this movie? Either there. Dre's being wildly introspective and thoughtful or he froze and dropped and we lost Dre. Yeah. I don't think he's, uh, he's not breathing. He, he hasn't blinked in like <laughs> many, many minutes. I guess we lost Dre. We lost Dre. Well, so Brian, oh, what do you he's... think? Do you think do you think that PG thirteen was fair? I mean, it could have been R, uh, right? Because it's a pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty uncomfortable, gnarly kind of movie. Was it PG thirteen? Yeah. Um, I would have thought PG would would be fine. You thought PG would have been okay? Well, I mean, it wasn't. That graphic. means that means ten year olds could just walk in on their own without adult supervision and watch that movie. No, it wasn't. There was never anything. Like we, you never saw. There he is. Oh, he's hey, back. welcome back. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I probably all of my views on this will probably change when I have kids. But I mean, I, I don't, sure. I, you know, I'll probably never let, let them out of my sight till they're eighteen anyway. It's, but it's uh, tough. It's tough with the way the world but, is, right? Uh, For sure. But uh, I mean, it's. Um. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just I'm thinking of our our ancestors. Um, you know, they didn't they didn't hide the unpleasant realities of life from children. They were they were kind of front and center. I mean, your your village could be raided at any moment, and it was just it was also just kind of assumed that if a uh, a a child or an unmarried young woman is is not under the supervision of of her family that there's there's she was kind of fair game to the world yeah like it was just expected that's what's going to happen and so you don't let that happen because that's they understood that's what the world is i mean we we live in a a lot of this stuff happens because we just have a completely misguided view of reality now that's i mean we we do live in the matrix we're we're constantly consuming scripted fiction and basing our view of reality on that. Um, and I think that 
that skews our view of the world. You're back. Dre, you got audio back? back. Okay, cool. I, okay. Yeah. What? My my phone overheated. Oh. It just turned off on me. Yeah. Yeah. So so, so what you what we saw was a freeze frame of you in very uh, pensive thought. So I asked a question, and you were just sitting there, and I was like, either he's really <laughs> thinking about that question, or he's frozen and we've lost him. And then we're like, I don't see him breathing. <laughs> anyway. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's heart the subject matter was too much for him. What I asked was, uh, did you think that PG-13 was appropriate rating, given what you made, the comment you made about The Conjuring being R simply because it was scary? Um, yes. And I, and I think that, um, I think that's because, I, I think it, because it's, it's, it's appropriate for Abuelita. That's really my, my gauge, right? Like, uh, old people, Christian people, it, you know, though, though the, the, because it really is PG other than the, the, the subject matter. Right. right. So, oh yeah. There was, I mean, the very little violence, there was that one, the one right. knife scene, knife fight right. was pretty much the only violence. Cause there was bullets shot, but nobody got shot. Right. Right. Um, even even the sex was insinuated. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I mean, Thank God. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I do. I, I think I think R would be too harsh, and and mostly it's it's market value, right? Like people aren't going to go see it if it's rated R. That's the reason why most of like Marvel movies are rated PG thirteen and not R. Yeah. Because the audience has to be wide enough. That's why way back you say wide or white ninety wide <laughs> way back in 95 when mortal Kombat came out they, they made the decision to make that movie rated pg-13 to reach a, a, a bigger audience mm-hmm. when clearly that should have been rated r and yeah. it would have been way freaking the video cool. game was right. rated r for god's sake it, exactly not a single person's spine got ripped out of the right body in that movie. total rip off i, mean, I, I want to see a heart ripped out of a chest and yeah. eating in this how, how many kids out. walked out of that theater going the game was better than the movie yeah, this, this is bullshit <laughs> I was 20 and I was still like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Well, but that's, and that's, I mean, but I think part of the difference is like when you do a movie like that, you have a young audience, right? I don't think, I don't think the goal, I think you might have a fair point about it. The the target audience was older versus younger. That might be a fair point because I didn't, I didn't think about that, that you, you know, grandparents need to be able to go see it kind of thing. And it gives parents an option because this is what I was going to mention earlier too. I think if, if I had a child younger than 13 to watch this movie, it would be on home video where I would be on the couch. So you could talk, talk them through it, hit pause, talk through it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think if a, if a father felt, you know, appropriate to bring his, his 13 or 14 year old child to, to this movie and, and kind of be there and and supervise this thing, I, I, I think it. I mean, you can do that with rated R too, but it's you know it's a lot easier and more more accepting for for a parent to do that. I think that's fair. Yeah. I I think my um my big issue with with the media criticizing this movie was <clears throat> was one let let let's just say that um. Tim Ballard did none of these things, okay. <laughs> right? Let's say that Jim Caviezel is this big QAnon guy, which perhaps he is, right? 
it just makes me think like um if i'm driving down the road and somebody on the other side of the highway flashes his lights because he's warning me that there's a speed trap up ahead mm-hmm. am i like babe did, did that truck have a MAGA sticker on it? That's false information. Like, there's no. I'm not slowing down. F that guy. He's he's a racist. Yeah. Right. No, no man. I I, I want to see. I want to see those warning signs, no matter who gives them. Right. Even if I disagree on much of their life. Right. Um, also, the, the the criticism was about, you know, accurate portrayals, and I'm like, well, coming from the same people who shot the woman king up up the up the ranks right <laughs> yeah there was there's nothing true about that thing says the same people who praised jada pinkett smith for having a black cleopatra because the ptolemies were all black we knew that right well mm-hmm. yeah and uh they're really kind of feeding the conspiracy theory themselves when they do that though i mean when, I, I, I agree when they rush to condemn it as a as a as a fever, as a right-wing fever dream and conspiracy theory um, I, my first impulse is, well, why are they, why are they so defensive about this? And I don't think that's unreasonable. I mean, with with all the stories coming out of Hollywood from former child actors who, like Corey Feldman and mm-hmm. uh, Elijah Wood, and I, I forget the, I forget all the names of the child there's actors. Ton of them. This, but ton of there's them, a ton right? of them. Yeah. Who, we know all of them. Who insists that that Hollywood is infested with pedophiles? And if you've never if you've never read up on this, um, read up on how the actress who played uh, Carol Ann in Poltergeist, she died at a very young age and under very suspicious circumstances. I don't want to get into details, but if if somebody has the interest and reads up on that, that is it's creepy and weird, and it should. It, it it puts this whole uh, this criticism of sound of freedom into perspective. These, I mean, they're they're clearly defensive for some reason. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, if you follow all the stuff about, did you guys follow all the PizzaGate stuff? I followed some of it. I wouldn't say I followed all of it, but right. I definitely paid attention. Well, the the just the the broad strokes were the the. I call it a rumor, call it reports. It was mostly on, I think, 4chan or Reddit or some some dark reset. It, it, it originated in some dark recess of the internet and got onto Twitter. The 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 claim was that there that what there was a child trafficking ring catering to Washington elites, mm-hmm. and it was and this this place called Comet Pizza mm-hmm. was one of the hubs. Mm-hmm. So this 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 came out. This was going around. And then a few people on Twitter who had they were anonymous accounts with maybe like single digit followers, they started adding all these details about how uh, there was satanic ritual abuse happening in the basement. And there, it was a where there was a sex dungeon and a satanic altar. And that's where they that's where they kept all the kids chained up before the, the traffickers came to, to whisk them away to their buyers. And and and, you know, the, the stuff about the idea uh adrenochrome and lizard people and all all kinds of fantastical elements were being added to it um then somebody went and shot the place up mm-hmm. Police, and the one the one magic it. bullet went through the computer 
Um, well, upon invest upon arriving to clean up the to to investigate, and as it turned out, there was no basement. And so all the all the all the news headlines were uh, PizzaGate debunked. Mm-hmm. Ah, this, ha! This, if there's no garage or no cellar, then clearly none of this could have happened. Yeah, basically it. But they it basically got dressed up with all these fantastical elements. Meanwhile, the underlying premise, it, you know, with everything we know about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell uh, trafficking, trafficking underage girls to no one in particular, um, but we know they were doing it. Um, also with um, – if you guys – did you hear about the uh, – do you guys ever look at the Podesta emails that were posted on WikiLinks? John Podesta, if, if you're not familiar. Bro, I can't log into WikiLinks. I have an active top secret clearance. Okay. Well, you can read. So you're not allowed to log into WikiLinks? Why? No. Why? There's classified information on there. How do you know? Well, you should be it's the first. Reported. You it's should forbidden. be the first to be logged Supposedly. On it's forbidden. Really? Is I that mean, like passed by your SSOs and stuff like that? Well, I mean, did I did I do it? I mean, I no. I didn't ask you that. <laughs> not at Just all. Just between the three of us. So, Just between us. Yeah. No, not don't tell anybody no, else. No one's gonna know. No, <laughs> so, no, absolutely not. For the for the kids at home who aren't familiar, John Podesta was a major uh, Clinton aide, like uh, way up, like right up to her presidential campaign. A bunch of his emails. Uh, with uh, his brother and a bunch of bunch of other Clinton confidants, uh, those were posted. And there's all kinds of there's all kinds of coded language in there. Well, first of all, they're associated with this this artist. I forget her name, but she's a an avowed Satanist and has this activity called spirit cooking, which involves I don't know what, but there's it includes among other elements. Uh, cutting yourself and the pain being some kind of uh, consciousness alter having some kind of consciousness altering effect. Uh, there are pictures of John Podesta holding up his hand and it's, he's got band-aids from where he cut himself. Um, so he's Podesta and his brother are into the spirit cooking thing. There's, there's email exchanges between them about, uh, are you coming over for the spirit cooking tonight? Um, and there's all kinds of language about, cheese pizza um you left a you left a handkerchief at my house with a pizza related map on it like these people are obsessed with cheese pizza apparently or this is coded language for child pornography um that's that's the that was the pizza gate conspiracy that see that cheese pizza cp child pornography and there's a logo that um, of a triangle with a little swirly design. I remember that, of it. and it was on it, the the artwork on the walls or something like that in the in the in the it facility. Was, it was the logo for Comet Pizza, but it's also s- supposedly like a, mm-hmm. a like a secret sign to right. let pedophiles know this right. is this is the place to go. It's but it's I like mean, it's it, like that. It, it's like all that the underground uh, the the hobo underground like symbology that says like your this type of stuff is allowed in this place that kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it's your speakeasy signs, mm-hmm. but there's, there's definitely, I mean, nobody is that obsessed with cheese pizza. It's definitely coded language for something. Uh, given that, given everything we know about Jeffrey Epstein, you know, the stuff about Pizzagate, there's, I mean, if you, if you strip away the more fantastical elements, the basic premise, 
I don't know why that sounds so crazy, but it's the same people who denounce Pizzagate as being nutty and only for QAnon conspiracists because there there's no basement and that that disproves it. They're the same kind of people who are denouncing the sound of freedom. Um, kind of makes you think. Yeah, and, think and again, they, I go back to I don't understand how you denounce something that you know is accurate. <laughs> like that's what's right, so weird I, I about. It is crazy because they talk about, especially the the jungle rescue and how it didn't happen. Now, now the director, the producer, the guy himself, all said that it didn't happen. That it's it's fictionalized, and you know it, they took some well, artistic liberty to make this film. Now they happened. It, it no, it's a composite of other operations. Right. The, the so island that, op actually happened. But the island op happened. So so it's amazing to me that, that none of these articles speak about the island op. Right. Because the island op is so documented and so well. In fact, Rolling Stone, the uh, the the magazine that, that covered, you know, what's it uh, it's a superhero action film for fathers with brain worms. That was the mm-hmm. that was the headline. Uh, them and the Guardian back in 2014 praised Tim Ballard and his heroic rescue effort to to rescue these 52 children. Five two, 52 sex trials. That's insane. That's an insane number to pull in one day. And in fact, if you if you listen to Ballard and some of the other people that were on these operations, the movie actually had less stuff because the things that were real were too unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and and they had to streamline it. They couldn't. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't possibly show every operation, or even it, it was it was an abbreviated version of his of his career. But um, well, it was only the, it was only the beginning of his post government career. So it's only the right. first thing that he did post after he resigned. Yeah, yeah. After he resigned yeah. from the uh, the homeland security. And it's funny because people just attack him. There's no record of him even being in the CIA, and in Homeland Security, hmm, those are those are few and far between too. And then you'll see guys on TikTok like the movie was dookie, it was dog shit. And if you even take a second to look up Tim Ballard, you'll see that there's suspicion around him too. Why? Because someone from the Rolling Stones said they can't find information on him because because there's no government people just denouncing him or denouncing that, that those operations happened. It's all journalists. Yeah. Cause Homeland security posts bios and resumes of all of right. the agents online, especially if they're undercover agents, the guys, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think these people even deserve to be dignified by arguing with them. They're, they're just, they're just evil. They just, they just. That's yeah, I it. completely agree. Like, and, it, and I, and I'm, I'm not arguing with them. I'm, I'm telling them they're a piece of shit. They're a piece of human garbage. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Pedophiles are not human beings. They don't deserve human rights. And if, a real it, quick shout out to uh, mm. the actors who played the pedophiles in this movie. Oh, that's. I mean, how creepy were those dudes? And and by all accounts from everybody, they're really great dudes. So, <laughs> Like what kind of dark place did they have to get into their own psyche? Hopefully they weren't method actors, right? That's why that's why Joaquin Phoenix could never never play the pedophile role. <laughs> him and Daniel Day Lewis would run around acting like they were John Money and, and fucking Alfred Kinsey. So, well, that was uh, I saw that something was a, that was a sharp left turn. 
but uh, <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, but yeah, pedophiles are not human. I think you you abdicate if you make the calculation that inflicting that on a child is worth your fleeting sexual gratification. You have abdicated your humanity. I don't think you deserve human rights. If you provide moral cover for these people, like our our these sycophantic prostitutes disguising themselves as journalists, um, I don't think they're much different. I think we're your, now. Yeah, should we suspend their human it's, rights? It's, no, but I mean, <clears throat> the the problem. It's such a weird. <clears throat> so I, I I talk about this with anybody that I have philosophical, theological, you know, conversations with. I'm a pretty open-minded guy about most things. <clears throat> I mean, the, the, this, the podcast here is testament to that, right? There's two things in the world that I am wildly binary about. Child safety and Second Amendment rights for Americans. Like those are the only two things that I refuse to have a quote unquote middle ground conversation on, right? Like to, because to me, they're both, they're either black or white it's off or on, right? They exist or they don't exist. And that's why, you know, Brian and I had a three hour conversation about my belief that the average American should be allowed to own tactical nuclear, nu nuclear weaponry, right? Because you don't get to draw a line. Like that's that's how absolute I am about it, as ridiculous or uh, you know much of a caricature as that sounds like from a conversation point. You can't draw a line, and similarly, I feel the same way about child safety and child endangerment. Right? There is no gray area. There is no moral relativism. There is no yeah, but it's just yeah, children should be protected. Period. I'll stop. I do appreciate you prefacing that by noting my three hours of disagreement on that particular point. It, and, and I and I understand that your disagreement comes from a place of logic, right? And it comes from a place of of, of realism and and whatnot. <laughs> and the point that I was trying to make in having that conversation with you is it's one of those things that you can only be all or nothing. That's my belief, right? And I'm not suggesting, by the way, that if you're not pro 100% Second Amendment, that means you like pedophiles. I'm not trying to draw some kind of false corollary because these are actually very serious topics, right? I, there's there's times for jokes and not, and child safety is never a time for a joke. Um, but but I, 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 I really don't see gray area here at all. Um, the only question is, is the, the line of demarcation of adult versus child, right? And is it 18? Is it 16? Is it 21? Is it 25? Like that's the only conversation to have. Yeah, that's 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 a gray area in it, and it's it's person specific. But I mean the 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 victims we're talking about are clearly 100 undeniably children. Yeah, there's, there's no, no it's there's no there's, there's it's beyond contestation, right? To quote yeah. our well, to quote our guy from A Knight's Tale. Um, that was a good scene. Well, I yeah, think I love it. One of the one of the one of the big criticisms of the film by a bunch of outlets who haven't seen the movie so what they did they went and they interviewed agents or people that are involved in human trafficking experts right so these are guys that that deal in this world so they're they're basically the expert testimony to refute tim ballard now their problem with the movie is that that child kidnapping to be sold into sex slavery 
is a smaller piece of the pie of other issues that that come into human trafficking, which like what is true. Like for example, most most people that are sold into human trafficking aren't kidnapped, right? They're they're um, they're groomed, or they come from a war. Or they're run, they're area. runaways, or they're they're runaways, okay, yeah, people okay. from foster refugees, homes. that it, kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it's just it, I mean, human trafficking is even the prostitution you see out in in, in your local sure. city, sure. right? Those are people. I don't see it, but that a person would see. Sure, <laughs> you as in you out there. Nobody's accusing so, you of anything, Matt. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, people people that you would uh, solicit to. I mean, so. But so so yes, that's true. But that's also like saying like the number one cause of of fatal car accidents is is drunk driving. So if somebody writes an article about distracted driving and texting, then listen, you're not even you're you're not even getting to the point of what causes more mm-hmm, death. Mm-hmm. Like like n- no, that's not because because Tim Ballard wasn't involved in you know, people that were runaways that were 17 right, right. or, or adult slaves. Right. He was involved in pedophilic stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, what he documented and right. what he decided to make a movie. Right. About. Well, and, and in fairness, and we me, don't know. They never said in the movie that all 52 of those kids, as an example, were all abducted. They never said that you, you, they were just simply in this, that same system yeah. of, of, there were actually, of, of a, human there trafficking. were actually a lot of a lot of adults that were that were rescued in that operation in real life. It's just is that, that right? Focused, yeah. It's just that for for storytelling purposes, they they streamlined it. It, it, it makes it look better the when they're all like you know 10, 12 years old right. kind of thing. Sure. Well, it's I don't even I don't even think it's so much that. It's just that it's it's more thematically consistent. It's whatever. Um, it's I mean it's Hollywood. I mean, I, I don't, even I don't even a even a well done, well intended movie is going to Hollywoodize. Mm-hmm. The movie right to make it to make it flow to yeah. your point so but, i mean that's but the, the thing is like in that operation he rescued more than 52 people he rescued 52 kids and also a bunch of adults mm-hmm. i think there are like 117 people in total. by the way guys we're well beyond spoilers <laughs> at this point yeah. so we just we just stepped right through that because you know this is oh, yeah that was a pretty that was a pretty uh, dramatic moment where you don't know if they're going to pull it off or not right if you don't, if you didn't read ahead, right. and I didn't, I walked in. So I, I, I did myself the benefit. I did no pre-reading. So I walked in unaware of anything. I just knew it was a movie about oh, wow. a dude. I didn't watch. I didn't watch a trailer. Oh wow! So I didn't know the actor was the same dude from The Passion <laughs> of the Christ, right? Like I didn't know right. that. I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this background of his background or his operational background. I know nothing. I, I literally walked in the movie going. I'm here to watch a movie about some stuff, and it was it was really good. Um, I actively avoided interviews with them and yeah. until I saw the movie. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've I've been following that dude for a long time. So like I I retired in 2018, and God in, was it 2018 my... when you retired? <laughs> yeah, man. man. That seems like this... yesterday. That was five the years summer... ago. Yes, man. The but... summer of 2018, I dropped my resume on his website. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I was I was ready to join the fight and go rescue kids from Hell Haiti yeah. or yeah. wherever it is else else that was happening. You never got a call. Never back? really got a call back. That sucks. And I and I didn't follow up. Yeah, yeah, it does suck. But um, I mean, even with 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 our background, and particularly mine, I used to work combat search and rescue. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I never was involved in an operation. Well, I, I didn't lead any operations that had children involved. Mm-hmm. There was one time in Iraq that I went to a place that we weren't looking for children, but children ended up being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the times it was either, you know, a U.S. person that was missing. And we also rescued uh, an Australian individual in the Philippines that were that were captured by by terrorists. So so I understand, like, the personal attachment that you do and the personal man hours to find somebody. And that's for adults with people who knew what they were getting into. <laughs> Eyes wide open. And it, it still went right. bad. Yeah. So I can't imagine watching hours and hours of <clears throat> child porn, studying a pedophile's personal book, manuscripts on how yeah. pedophiles connect with each other. And, they, and that's how he, he actually apprehended a dude and got him to give up information. <laughs> just, like, hey, I, I'm with you. I get it. I, I'm here to do a job, but I get what you're doing. And I'm, 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 one, I'm with you. He's like, oh, you've read my book? I've studied your book. Yeah. Right? Which was which is a true story. He really did that. He has the book with that guy's autograph when they when they Please they, tell they, me they, I'm sorry, go ahead. Right? I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead, you, no, go ahead. I, I please tell me that in real life there was far more violence done to that guy. Because <laughs> like every time he was he was like every time he was in a cell with a pedophile, I'm like in, inside I'm screaming, like just just break him. Just well, break everyone in his body. So, if you, if your if your goal is to save children, I know, I you, know, you can't do that, right? right. You got to be better. You got to be bigger. But you um, could come back afterwards, after the kids well, are sick. Well, they did show the guy that that was that got caught, caught at the border and what happened to him while he was in prison, right? You saw the quick photo when he's like, "You want to yeah, be like your buddy?" Yeah. Yeah, but yep. his, but that was, but he looked like he died really quickly though. I'm not sure he was dead in that photo. Right. I mean, he he died at that yeah. point. You don't know how long, how much of his blood was yeah. spread all around other parts of the prison before he fell there and died. Fair enough, guys. Yeah, you know. But yeah, it it's. Oh man, it's. I think they should be lowered by their thumbs into a wood chipper. So you know with, what's what's with adrenaline shots on already, so they don't lose consciousness. What's what's crazy to me is that you know pedophile 101 in all of their like pamphlets and, and you know manuscripts they talk about how they they need to lower the age of consent mm-hmm. for youth for for sexual purposes like the UN's doing and like California just did and, to, and like Bernie Sanders and to make it, for and to make it normalized right so it it really does tie in politically mm. with with even the age of consent for say hormone blockers mm-hmm. or uh you know surgeries yeah top and bottom yeah for, for for boys and girls yep like even if even if you want to play the middle of the road and say that you know the right kid at the right time really is in a different body but you know there should be kind of a hard line with with, with surgery mm-hmm. so i'm i'm even which i don't believe that but but even if you did you're just feeding like you've lost the battle once you start saying that the age of consent to do all these things for children is a child then who are you to tell a pedophile that he can't do these I things? agree I agree with that I, I think that is 100 part of the slope right it's it's if a kid can tell you 
mom, dad, I, I, I know how I was born, but I identify outwardly and sexually as, as a different gender. And I want to have my body transformed to be that. Like, how, how, how do you say, yeah, okay, we're going to make that okay. But then we're not going to let you to simply make decisions about your own, you know, agency, self-agency, right? Because that's really what we're talking about in yes. both directions. It's, yeah. it's, it's agency. And, and, and are we going to grant that to children or not? And if we decide that we are, then there is no limit about that agency, right? And they should be allowed to vote. They should be allowed to join the military. They should be allowed to enter into binding agreements with banking institutions. They should be allowed to buy alcohol and smoke cigarettes work construction and degree weather. <laughs> sign up for the draft and all of the other things, right? And those are ludicrous. It, it is insanity to sit here and act as if, you know, a 14-year-old should be able to buy alcohol and, and enlist in, in the Marine Corps and and go off and and do those things but we're going to say that a, a 14 year old can decide that they want to you know have gender reaffirming surgery as they call it or that a 10 year old needs to have puberty blockers um it's 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 or it's, that a 14 year old can date a 24 year old man right right i i saw i saw a meme on on a friend's uh which face. is a california law by the way I, but at the same time though Oh, I okay, if, if, if two 14-year-olds, like, if, if you watch any teen drama on TV today, you've got, you've got characters who, I mean, they're played by people in their 30s, but, they're, but, in the, <laughs> but the characters are supposed to be teenagers, they're supposed to right. be like 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. They're having sex all the time. It's just treated as normal. It's weird <clears throat> if they're not having sex. Brian, it's not just in the movies. It was everybody but you. But, yeah. Well... But we have a culture that encourages that. I, I don't disagree. Um, so two 14-year-olds have sex. We don't – that's just normal and expected, and you're treated as weird if that if you disapprove of that. So the, the girl gets pregnant. Um, there's – you know, they're, they're kids. They can't take care of them. But a 14-year-old and a 24-year-old um, – well, he's in a, he's might, well, 24 is pretty young still, but I mean, it's just, we have such a weird, inconsistent culture related to sex. Well, it's I think totally part of, well, part of the problem is, is here, here's, here's why it's impractical, <clears throat> right? I could actually, it's, to me, it's this, this part's easy to explain. If a 14 year old isn't old enough to consent to have sex, then the other 14 year old isn't old enough to convict of rape. Like that's the problem yeah, is, is you have two children committing, doing something they shouldn't be doing, but you can't criminalize it because they're children and you can't, you can't that. criminalize what kids do. Right. So that's the, that's the trick is. I, I agree with that. And, but and we have a culture, we have a broader culture that actively encourages them to engage in that behavior. I don't know how to. The, I don't know. I don't the, know. I don't know what you. I don't know how to, how to our, respond to that. I mean, is, is, that, is that a declarative well, statement or a question? No, no. It's it's a declarative statement. We okay. have a culture that tells them, well, you're weird if you're not having sex. Um, we we tell kids that at that age you're old enough to make this decision to have sex as long as it's within a certain age range. But that kid doesn't have the agency to say yes to somebody older than eighteen, who if he impregnates her, 
can take care of her and the child. Now, I'm, I don't think that should be encouraged either, but it's, I think if, if somebody who is, who is a legal adult impregnates a teenager, um, he is enslaved to her. He has to marry her if she'll have him. Um, but she doesn't, why she, she doesn't get to decide. Again, she's a kid. Like well, that, no, this right. is this is the problem. This is the circular it's, logic that's problematic just, at every turn. About being consistent. Like, I, I know, but the girl, you, you said if she'll have him, she doesn't get to decide. Or do her parents get to decide? Sure. Like that's that's the trick. So now right. we're doing indentured. Now now this, we're doing now we're doing structured marriage. Okay, okay, then this is already predicated. Then. Hold on, let me what finish is, my point okay. here. This is predicated on what we've already established by our culture. She's old enough to consent to sex with somebody her age. No, she's not. Nobody agrees with that. Legally, we don't agree with that. Legally, but watch any teen drama. Okay, Just but, pick but, one at random. But, you're, but you're, 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 you're picking the media, and then you're trying to correlate that back to the law. I'm, I'm, I'm being strict on the law. The law says yeah, no. But law, law it's just not – it's, de, it's decriminalized for minors. Culture. I, I don't agree with it's that. It's decriminalized, but culturally it's encouraged. We, okay, we so, okay, so we, what? So what? So is cigarette smoke. So is cigarettes and, and alcohol and drug use and – racing cigarettes, and drifting and yeah sure it is in movies now i mean not so much today but it ha always has been well it's 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 frowned upon now it's stigmatized i mean you can't you in can't society you can't not in the movies it's not it's not stigmatized in the movies bad guy that's you know a, this, not, but marijuana is not stigmatized and neither is vaping yeah yeah so we've just we've, we've just transferred to something else yeah. same thing same same right uh, well, I didn't. I didn't have a. I didn't have a uh, well thought out endpoint to that discussion, but it it's uh, our laws are inconsistent, and our our culture sends messages that are in conflict with our laws. Agreed with all that. But, yeah, then, yeah. but laws always even, eventually reflect the culture, whether they whether they even, we, we can't even do correct the laws because in California they want to make harsher penalties make it a serious felony to get caught trafficking minors and um the assembly said no they blocked it they didn't they didn't want that to happen um their reasoning for it was prison doesn't solve the issue that's number one and another one what was the other reason um oh man i just lost it but uh uh, I forgot, but was was it a was it a sincere reason or was it a yeah it was a sincere a reason like it was I mean so like prison problems and oh they're putting him in jail doesn't solve the underlying issue of what causes um, you know sexual exploitation of of minors that there's there's a bigger broader issue and that's and like that that, oh, that's and and. We already here's what here's what was there's already laws on the books to prevent those types of things or to punish those type of things. Right, but the point here was to pump bump up the the, the punishment. That was it. It was simply Thank to you. make it a higher level punishment. You're to right. say we want to I put mean, this, this on the same you, level as arson and rape and murder. Brought to you by the same people who who think that uh, guns kill people, right? Mm -hmm. Or brought to you by the same people that think that a hate crime is worse than a than a normal crime right right which, which like i think about that and it's so it's so insane to me like i the line um 
from a movie that, that says, uh, imagine you're a deer. You spot a little bug. <laughs> and you put your deer lips in a cool, clear water. And then, blam! Now I ask you, do you give a shit what color pants the son of a bitch who shot you was wearing? <laughs> right? So, I don't, I don't actually care if he shot me because I'm black or if he shot me because he liked my Jordans or if he shot me for the watch or the $10 in my pocket, my son is still dead. Right. Right. Like it's the same punishment. I don't need to bump up the punishment because he did it out of, out of hate. So what's worse hate or indifference? I I, I, got to ask Brian, do you know the reference to the quote? Do you know where that came from? I, it's I I vaguely recall it. I it's it's my it. cousin Vinny. Okay, yeah. 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 He's like, you think these pants look good? They're going deer hunting. He's like, yeah, he's going hunting, and he had on these ridiculous pants that they're like suit pants. Yeah. But it actually looked like '80s golf pants is what he was wearing. Yeah. But but there's there's a there's a an even more insidious aspect to that that there. The presumption is that they can police your private internal attitudes. Right. Um, right. Like they like they have authority over what you think and feel. And uh, which is absurd. That's this. I mean, it, if it's it doesn't violate the letter of the First Amendment, but it certainly violates the spirit of it, that we all have freedom of conscience. We're all I mean, if you don't have freedom within the within the space in your the space within your own head, then you have no freedom. But they claim authority over thought itself. Um, you know, in like so many leftist causes, like critical race theory, um, any actually any of them. I mean, modern feminism, um, the LGBT movement, all of it sets itself to re-engineering everybody's private internal attitudes um, and trying to control thoughts. I, I think that should, uh, just the, the arrogance of that, um, to think that you, uh, you have any rightful authority over that, but also the audacity of thinking you can control that, that you can re-engineer society to, uh, to remake people according to your ideology. Um, that's and then and then name it democracy. <clears throat> yeah. Of course it's dressed up in all of this benevolent sounding language about tolerance and acceptance and inclusion, but it's really they're they're claiming to uh, they're claiming ownership of your private internal attitudes and telling you what you're allowed to to think and feel. Like and, and all of their labels for their opposition, it, it's never a defined accusation. Like this is the thing you did that was racist. They never define it. It's always an accusation about what you are inside. You're a you're a homophobe. You're an Islamophobe. You've got this. It doesn't mean anything in terms of anything they can define about your behavior. They're attacking your your internal disposition. And uh, and it's and it's what they imagine is your internal disposition. It's never anything they can define. It's never anything that's, that you you said or did this thing that indicates this attitude. It's always, you know, if you don't if you don't think uh, 
if you don't if you don't agree with the Quran, it's because you're racist toward Arabs. It's never it's never it's never argued on its merits, and it's which speaks to still a deeper problem with the left, where in its act. To be fair, they don't have a monopoly on it. The right has it too. They don't really have an ideology. They don't have a, they don't have a system of of coherent, thought out ideas that connect to a logically to an underlying premise where they have a complete worldview. They have a they have a constellation of conditioned attitudes. Like they don't even know why they think these things. They just the the groups that they're in they've learned that you can accrue social currency by agreeing with certain things and disagreeing with others. You get status and influence by affirming these things and you get frowned upon if you don't. And so they do that and then they, they're reinforced as being virtuous for adopting those attitudes, but they don't know why they think that. They don't know why, and it's all, that's why it's so incoherent, but there are, you know, you can you can, and that's why you can pretty much guess what what how they're going to vote based on their haircut or what bumper stickers they have on their car, um, <laughs> because it's all part of a package. My, my 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 son and I were going down the road, and there was a there was a vehicle in front of us. Well, I don't model this. It was just a nondescript sedan, and it had all the bumper stickers on it. Right. Yeah. And my son I don't goes, understand that. My son goes, you know, that's a white chick driving that. <laughs> uh, and it was. Like that. We were in Eureka, California, kind of northern California up the coast. We go to the spot to have dinner. And uh, so it's me, Delani, uh, Cooper, my son, and his girlfriend. And they had a big Black Lives Matter sign in the window Oof. and cooper walks up he's like you see dad my life matters <laughs> do you understand so you have to stop treating me so all in public <laughs> well he should have he should have done it to delani though with her being the only white person in the group right yeah well yeah well yeah well, I, I think that he didn't want to go that far. Right. Uh, he was afraid that then people might start yelling then you got to beat somebody's ass for speaking to your wife was, and it's, it's funny when you're when he's yelling at a big black guy. <laughs> in, in in this environment, uh, Delani's not exactly comfortable either to take that kind of personal. Sure. She's already on the outside looking into our family. Sure. So well, because now she's like literally the only white person in your whole family. Because yes, all of your kids have dark people of color, a, significant others. Rainbow coalition. I got a I got a, a Mexican. Mm. Uh, you know, daddy for my one grandbaby, a Samoan for the other grandbaby. My son is is, is dating a a Marshallese Japanese. And the baby. thing is, they all look the same. <laughs> yes. Like your entire yeah. family is homogenous color wise, except for Delani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And and her family too. So it's funny because like. And Aubrey you know, even looks like, like Moana a little bit. Like she has some like she looks more like. Pacific Islander than than the others do. It's funny. Yeah, it, it is kind of funny. But so yeah, Cooper's like, look, Dad, it doesn't matter what you say anymore. Okay, my life matters. I'm like, are, you, are you kidding me right now? We should go in there and get a window seat. Whoever's sitting there should just get up and move. Like, <laughs> oh, 
that's funny. Okay. Uh, I, I, funny. I, I love hearing that from Coop because I've been around him enough to know that he doesn't buy into any of that stuff. So it's like 100% like a joke to him to do that. My, my sociology major right. bachelor's degree. That, does, like, that hated all the classes he sat through. And he only did them because it got him through because he got to run track while he was doing it kind of deal. That's <laughs> why he's like, can't believe these, these people are weak, Dad. <laughs> Stop crying. <laughs> Go work out or yeah. something. So I, I wanted to I wanted story. to I want to circle back around. So actually, I wanted to tell this story, this this thought real quick. So we we're talking about you know the movie and uh, scenes that were really powerful to us and whatnot. So the scene that was the most powerful to me was when uh, the agent Ballard, right, uh, Timoteo, oh. um, when when uh, when Tim was calling home to talk to his wife and or before he left he was talking to her and then when he called home and was basically telling her like i i don't know what to do i i they're, they're recalling me and I, I can't come home and she was like stay there save those kids find her brother or find her sis, find his sister right like that was like wildly powerful to me because it's easy for the dude who's out there in the field to be like i'm gonna stay out in the field and do my thing because i'm a badass and this is what i do but for his wife to be so sold out on it and have to you, have his have back. You heard, and... Have you heard Tim Ballard tell the real story there? No, I, I, I told I you I have. That. I've seen none of. I've seen none of the interviews. Right. So that's gonna. The, uh... the, the real story is more fantastical than the movie. Really? Yeah, and um, and it, it's funny because when he tells the story, <clears throat> it um, it's a huge indicator that they're LDS. Like it's 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 like out in front. I'm like, oh, that guy's that guy's LDS, obviously. And because, and, and the reason why, and, 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 it's, and Brian, correct any part of this that, that I miss, um, he didn't want to tell the real story because it kind of makes him look like a coward. Oh, he wanted to come home and he, his wife told him he couldn't? Well, it, not so much that he wanted to come home. It's just he thought about his own six children, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and, and she's like, you know, I, what about, what about those children? Mm-hmm. Our six children would be fine. Cause he's like, well, um, I'm not going to have a job, babe. Like we're not <laughs> Like, what are we going to do? And, and she basically just said, um, I think a, a big powerful line to him was, I'm not going to have you jeopardize my salvation. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, well, then I, I guess I got to do it. Wow. How does that, how does that mark them out as LDS? Because they get <clears throat> married in a temple and they're joined for all time and eternity. Mm. So whatever he does as the leader of their family jeopardizes her salvation. Gotcha. So basically she was saying God's going to judge you harshly for turning your back on these kids. And that means he's turning his back on me also. And I, I agree with her sentiment, but of, as you might imagine, I have opinions about the theology. Of course. <laughs> of course. Just, you know, just um, throwing that out there. Yeah. But, no, but just the way the movie was presented, I just, I just, it was super like, it was super cool to me, right? Like that scene, that sequence was the most powerful of all the sequences. Um, and, and it was personal for me, not because of that or not because of the kid situation. It was just, you know, I don't, I don't ever give her the credit directly because I suck at words of affirmation as I'm often told that her, my, I don't suit my wife's love language properly. Um, but like I've watched other movies and one of the, one of the things that's made my relationship work with my wife is that, she supports me in a level that I could never support her. 
emotionally and 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 sure. you know what i mean and like i was watching stupid movie baby driver i don't know if you guys have seen that okay. one so i was watching I it on, on an international flight it's, a, it's 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 a movie it's whatever right but i was thinking about that sequence at the end right where they're just like deciding to be criminals essentially right like the the, the couple and i was sitting there thinking about it i'm like i could walk into my house and tell carrie hey pack a bag you've got Three, I need three days worth of stuff. We got to be out of the house in 20 minutes. And she'd be like, what are we doing? And I'd be like, well, I'm going to go rob a bank and we're going on the run. And she'd be in there packing a bag. I believe that in my heart of hearts. Like that's the way she operates. And it was like kind of crazy because I 100% would never reciprocate that kind of like. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? Have you guys seen the town? No. With uh, ben, ben Affleck and uh, I know Daniel I know Ryan. what it is. I just haven't seen it. Uh, the, there's that scene where he comes in. And he's like, can't tell you what we're doing. Can't explain it. It's going to be dangerous and illegal. Need you to come with me. And he's like, all right, he's driving. Yeah. Right now. And I- would you guys do that? No, if I came into the room and no. said that I wouldn't do it for anybody. I wouldn't do it for one of my brothers. I wouldn't do it for anybody. Like I need a lot of information. Or a pansy. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I, 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 I need, I need, at minimum, I need a five paragraph order. I need to understand a lot of things that are going on. Like what's our higher, what's our lower, what are my lateral controls? Like I, I need to know things. I need ingress, egress. Right. I need, I, need a, I need a plan. I'm not and saying I, I won't I need be latitude to, to advise the, to advise the plan. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying I'm not down at the end of the plan. day. I might be there when, when when we cross the line of departure, but well, I ain't doing I said, it on blind Matt, faith. If I said Matt, I need you to trust me. Nope. That wouldn't be blind faith. That would be. That is. That's literally blind faith. I need you to trust me. Right, no. Yeah. That would be. That, <laughs> no. It's on the. It's on. It's on the basis of 30 years of knowing me. No. I've already asked and answered. No, that sucks, man. Yeah, I, I, I think your point though that this guy who's you know portrayed as a hero, <clears throat> he is nothing without without his without family. that support model. Yeah, and uh, and one of the things. That well, he, he wouldn't have done it without family. his family. Like he wouldn't but, have had the emotional drive to do it if he didn't have his family. So that's the thing that he talked about. Because somebody on a radio show or a the podcast called in and said, "Hey." after seeing all that stuff, how did you set yourself back to zero? And he said, honestly, the answer, I haven't. I was going to say, how, how do you ever get back to normal again? He, he, he's like, I haven't. So You're damaged goods. Now what I, one of the things that he used to do, he would see a therapist because, because every time he saw a child, he projected his own, whatever child is closest to that age, he project their face onto it. Of right? course. And he, he kept trying to let that go. And then the one time, well, this is the, the jungle rescue. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's he's like um, I put that face, I put my child's face on that face, and I was all in. Yeah. No, the way it wasn't a jungle rescue. It was um, it was, a, it was another. It was a Haitian rescue. Okay. Uh, and uh, and it turned out that the two children that he rescued on that didn't have parents, mm. so he adopted both of them. Oh no shit. Damn. So he literally made them his his kids. Children. Yeah. He's like, they're all my kids. Yeah. And that's how I do this. Every child that gets saved yeah. is my kid. Yeah. And this time, literally, now they are my kids. Yeah. The first so that, that first sequence with his wife in the movie 
when he comes home from from interrogating the guy and he walks in and she knows when she sees his face and she's just like hey kids and they're like daddy's home and then she's like hey get off dad let him you know she's like trying to like walk that line between letting the kids be around it but not overwhelm them they sit down to eat and then she's like why don't y'all go do homework and stuff and then she just holds his hand like that was the first indication that she gets it right and i I was like oh man that was a powerful moment but then that was just foreshadowing to her being the one to tell him he had to keep going kind of thing i thought that was cool yeah i i it's, it's kind of crazy what what actually causes these things and what you know these these articles complain about what the underlying conditions are and what's really causing it but then they're all for the war in ukraine mm-hmm. yeah they are so, the underlying problem so there's so there's currently a bunch of kids that are war torn with no parents and no job and no way to get food and the way that they do that is to serve somebody else so this war in ukraine has like pedophiles salivating or human traffickers mm-hmm. salivating. Yep. You know, there's there's so there's like fresh meat everywhere, mm-hmm. and we and they're all blonde and white, fair complected, and and at any time America could step in and make this stop. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. That now, those stats at the end. Those stats at the end were crazy because I've seen those stats, right? But the guys that I went with, my buddy. He had never seen him before. So we're standing outside after the movie and he was like, those numbers. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen those. And he goes, you think those are real? And I'm like, oh, those are real. And he's, They're probably low. Right. Because it's only what you can what report. Right. Exactly. And he was like, he was blown away by that. Right. He's like, there's more slavery now than before. And I'm like, crazy. Right. But yet, you know, all we can focus on is what happened back in the 1700s. Like, how about focus on what's happening today? Like yeah, in real time. Sincere. That's not a sincere position right it's 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 losers making excuses for why they're losers um but But they don't care about the things they claim to care about if they did did you see the the discussion that me and mj had and last night about the the dog doj's change of yeah of website yeah like hey i don't i'm not sure there's a coincidence that the that just happened is, is is missing yeah Especially when there's 85,000 children that are unaccounted for. Right. When that was a big thing that we were talking about was these kids being separated from their parents and the coyotes bringing kids over and all of that. Oh, no, that's not happening. And then there was some big stat that, you know, what happened to all the kids that got lost? And they were like, well, that's impossible to track. How are we going to track all these kids? Well, at least – because I just saw that Senate Cruz was in it was, was interrogating somebody at, in a congressional right. hearing. It was like the head of Homeland Security or something. They were like, what happened to the 80,000 kids that have come over the border and you have no records of them now? These kids are just why do you guys gone. think our you know, government have, is letting this happen? Well, well, yeah, they they have they have, you know, a name and a number pinned to their shirt as they come across the border, little kids. And before they used to make whoever the contact was come down to the border and pick them up. Now we're just putting them on buses and sending them away mm-hmm. to well, wherever. Right? Why do you, why do you think our government is doing that, though? Why do you think that is? Just no telling why. Yeah, I mean, at best. Um, no theories? Matt, they're, sorry. They're, 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 they're praying and spraying, right? And at worst, you know, there's <laughs> powerful people that are involved in yeah. 
human trafficking. Yeah, it's 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 somewhere on the continuum. It's either I, I don't know it's either what's in between. it's either it's either you know buffoonery and 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 being shit at your job, apathetic and not caring, or being involved. It's it's somewhere in that continuum. I mean, there, that's that's the only real answer, and the only question is 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 everybody in the same spot on the continuum, or do different people fall into different places on that continuum? Well, I, I also I also believe that people of a certain ideology are willing to sacrifice all of it for that ideology. There was a story in, in um, New York about uh, an advocacy, advocacy group, a couple of women who helped get people out of prison. Well, one of the people that they helped get out of prison brutally attacked one of the women. Like after, like a day after he really? got out of prison. And then they asked the ladies, like, hey, do you still do this work? And they said, absolutely, yes. Like, nothing's changed. We're all just, like, this is the thing. Like, you don't understand that this is, this is a consequence of, of even your work. It's like, our work's too important. So their ideology has them so focused in on this thing called prison and, and, and equity that they don't see the consequences of, of what it is that, that they're doing. Hmm. Hmm. So I think the border's the same thing. Like, hey, there's people... They deserve a better life. They should come over. I'm so empathetic for for these people that are coming, and it doesn't matter who actually gets hurt along the way. I'm actually like in in the in the broad sense, I'm actually pretty liberal when it comes to immigration. I think sure. we should. I think we should have a liberal immigration policy. I think we should let in as many people as as we can. As but it's what we can that's the operative we need to secure the border we absolutely need to secure the border and we need to we need to we need to control it or we're not a country and i think that's part that's a big part of the motivation for why this is happening this is this is this would be a whole other podcast but if you just key words if anybody's interested i i i covered this a lot back when i was a like a general audience journalist um the Council on Foreign Relations. Um, it's a, it's an it's an unelected, quasi-governmental organization. Um, they've had a long-standing agenda to merge the United States, Canada, and Mexico into a single political entity. And I know this sounds like wacky conspiracy stuff. Um, it, it is, in fact, a conspiracy, um, but it's not a theory. It's well documented, but. Uh, a lot of that happens by uh, erasing borders and uh, population exchanges. Um, they are they're not committed to the the principles of of the United States Constitution. Um, they have a different worldview that is hostile to that. Um, but. Um, you know, which I fundamentally oppose, but I, I, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that, that poem, New Colossus at, at the Statue of Liberty, the what? that poem, the New Colossus, oh. that's, uh, that's on the, that's engraved on the Statue mm -hmm. of Liberty. I don't know. Who I, guess, was. I, I get verklempt every time I read that. How about bring us your, your tired, yeah. your poor, your, your, your huddled masters yearning for freedom. I believe in that. I believe that's what America is and should always strive to be. But it has to be on our terms. It has to be under law and order. But I, 
I think we need to either we need to either leave the world to itself and 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 give in, give them the credit of having the agency to solve their own problems in their own way and not count them as our problems or if we're going to be get involved we need to get involved we need to send people to south american countries uh to to bring law and order we need we need to become an empire um the answer cannot be to transplant all of the world's poverty and we it can't be to transplant the entire third world population to the united states because that just turns us into the places they're leaving right right um but uh we don't have unlimited space and resources we don't have an unlimited ability to assimilate foreign cultures into into our own country and still remain our country um Oh, that, that that last part, I think, is the real issue. So my, my perspective, my point of view is that um, it's immigration implies integration. And part of, part of what is seen as problematic by those that get tagged as being anti-immigration, and I'm not anti-immigration, is when large groups of people are immigrated, but then refuse to integrate. And they want yeah. to live in a little X, whatever their former country is, version of where they came from, rather than become American. They simply want to live in a place that has a stronger social network, a better um, you know, medical system, you know, welfare system, et cetera, et cetera. But they want to continue to conduct themselves as they did in their previous mm -hmm. country. And I think that's yeah. part of the problem. Dre, I saw a really neat interview with Mike Piazza. I don't know if you've seen it. It was pretty recent. I, mean, I think okay. I, I might have sent it to you. If not, I meant to. But he's at some event. And he's smoking a cigar. And he's hanging out. He's in a polo shirt. And he's just sitting there talking. And he's talking about why Italian-Americans are the best and we're the best immigrants. And he talks about the fact that they're proud Italians, but they're proud Americans. And, he, and he's talking about how, you know, when the Italians immigrated, they lived in a little area and it was the slum and it was in the Bronx or wherever it was. Right. But they were always Americans. He's like, you never questioned if they were Americans. They just simply were proud to be Italian also. And they worked hard and they, you know, they did everything to become the best Americans that happened to be Italian. And it was just, well, I mean, we're, yeah, that, that, I think that checks out. I, I, I think one of the problems are is that that um, we're not setting a good example. Americans don't know what it's like to be an American That's, now. I agree. You, you, I agree. You, if you do the man on the street interview and say, "Hey, what does it mean to be an American?" Most people will probably stare at you, and the people that do answer, everyone's going to give you a different answer. Mm -hmm. um, Americans barely whole, exist anymore. Yeah. I think this whole thing of diversity is our strength is is a big mistake like diversity in and of itself is not a strength it's orwellian newspeak is what it is so but if you can but what makes us special or what used to was that we had one common goal to be united <clears throat> through our diversity mm -hmm. it's what made the marine corps great mm -hmm. right you have all these people that came from different backgrounds and different races and ethnicities and even languages but they all bought into the equal of an anchor mm -hmm. 
and they all had one one, and one everybody was more they were more interested in being a marine than they were in being black or white or southern or northeast northern but or whatever all of those things that they brought yeah. to the table brought their skills their individual skills yeah I mean, how many times you see those memes that talks about, you know, the, the best, you know, you're living in the barracks and your your Mexican friends teaching you how to make salsa while the Indian guys <laughs> doing this and the Southern guys doing exactly. that. It's like just another night in the barracks. Right. It's like that was that was what made us us. I mean, the three of us, you know, likely wouldn't have become friends just, you know, without the Marine Corps around it to cause us to have to to get along and to do things right. Yeah, you can t- totally agree, and I, I think we've we've lost that. Um, I, I I'm not sure how to get it back. I have some ideas, but I God, have that's... a uh, I have a 2024. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> There's no political solution, man. I agree, Vivek 2024. Absolutely. I saw I saw his interview with Glenn Tucker Beck. or the Glenn Beck, yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, I was, I was rooting for him before, but now like, I want to, it's impossible not to fall in love with the guy when you hear him talk. I want to, I want to pledge my sword to him. Right. But my fear (laughs) is that, um, if he gets anywhere close to the white house, he's going to get assassinated. Trump didn't. Trump, Trump's a clown dude. But if somebody (laughs) warranted assassination, it was that guy. Well, but he Actually, didn't. I, he think didn't it, I think it was better stuff. for the other side to have Trump around. It was. Yeah, a, it, was a, it was a. It was a consolidating. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's better. Vivek when Ramaswamy have a guy that might actually unite us. Vivek Ramaswamy actually like he's got a plan and he's articulated it and he's he's openly told the deep state. I'm going to You're on notice. This. Yeah, he didn't but say I'm, I'm going to drain the swamp. He actually detailed step one, step two, yeah, step three, I'm step gonna, four. <laughs> I'm going to dismantle the ATF. The mm-hmm. FBI is going to go away. Mm-hmm. The Department of Education, all of that money, it's going to go back to the taxpayer. And he laid, <laughs> and out, he laid out the legal works. case for why he can do that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I turned, I turned a little bit gay for him I, as a – it was, it was it was it was just the water is all it was, Brian. A, it's the it's the chemicals in the water. Born again Christian, it pains me to say that, but I I I kind of I kind of love the man now. Turn, turn, turn in the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> turn the freaking frogs gay. Uh, no, what I loved yeah. about Vivek was even with all of that, like that stuff was awesome. I just loved it when he came out and said, "I want every." other candidate to debate me live with no cue cards and no teleprompters and i was like damn like I get on my level that dude that dude can I, he, he can think circles around every other candidate on both I, sides i hereby pledge oh, my yeah. sword to the vacuum promise swami but um like you listen to him it, speak and you can tell he's brilliant and he's yeah, running on he's, all cylinders He's sincere. He's not. He's not a political opportunist. He believes what he's saying and he means it. And I honestly, I'm afraid for him. Eh. Um, I don't. I like. Uh, it's a rough and tumble world. Dog eat dog. I mean, I hope he's got security. I he does. He's, he's a billionaire. He's got security. Like good security that can't be bought off or corrupted or. Hopefully, he's but, got. Uh, he's I got mean, some of those. Uh, what what, what, what are they? To, the what are, what are those? Uh, the, the he's got some. Uh, Crap, what are they called? Who are the Indian badasses Masad? with those knife Masad? swords? No, the Indians. The Indians. You're with dot with, Indians? With the yeah, with the 
Dot Indians really? about Ramaswamy, fool? Talk about Vivek. He's an oh. Indian. He's Hindi. By the oh, way, right. he's Hindi. He'll be our first. Are you, ta- are you talking about Sikhs? No, I don't think so. No, oh, the, okay. in- the Indian dudes with the sword things. I think you're talking about Sikhs. I didn't think they were. I don't think it was Sikhs. Maybe it's Sikhs. They got the tur- with the turbans. Yeah, they were turbans. I know. I know Sikhs yeah, were turbans. Those are, not... those are those are Sikhs. I think you're talking about. But um, but as much as I agree with him, you think you think the past like dozen presidents we've had were Christians? They were proclaimed Christians. Christians. I'd rather have a. I'd rather have a devout Hindu than a bullshit We're not talking Christian. about what you'd rather have. We're talking about the fact that we've never had a non-Christian being a thing. We've yeah. never had one even close. Well, yeah, but the thing is, if who's if, the closest? Bernie Sanders, like a total atheist. But he wasn't Gurkhas, who I'm talking about, by the way, <laughs> not Sikhs. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with Gurkhas, but really, uh, yeah. But uh, as much, obviously, I'm a fan of Vivek Ramaswamy. But there's no political solution to our problems. You can, you, we can. No, you can't it. legislate your prop. You can't legislate your way out of being apathetic and bad people. No, I agree. We, we, we can manage That's our problems he, for the he short term. Start with legislation, though, he starts with what it means to be an American. Well, but yeah, I mean, he can he can model a good philosophy. Um. But that it's being being president doesn't put him in a in a particular in a particularly advantageous position to change the culture necessarily. In fact, I don't think he's electable precisely because the, our culture is so corrupt. No, but this this conversation that schools <clears throat> around him can. Right. Yeah. Right. He, he can he can he it can begin to inform and change the conversation. I think that's right. So just real quick, guys, I'm going to pull I'm going to pull a Jamie from the Joe Rogan shows. I, I had to look up the Gurkhas since I couldn't remember what they were called, who they were. So they're Nepalis. They're not they're they're Nepali speaking Indians. Um, they served with the British Army World War Two, that kind of thing. And that big sword I was trying to think of the big knife is called a Kukuri. But Gurkhas are dope. And they're and they're oh, and they're a, and they're an army of those. They're they're for they're from Nepal. Viva Nepal! Viva Nepal! <laughs> <laughs> I want is that from uh, <laughs> the Golden, Golden Child? Child? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 I want, want the nine. Yeah, let him please. ask again, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good movie. Mm. I don't know if it was a good movie, but I enjoyed it. Right. It's a great movie one of the best it's this it's eddie murphy's citizen kane um, okay i mean um, it's good i'm kidding i mean I, I mean eddie I murphy was was he ever in a really good movie like a, a genuinely good movie i mean i guess beverly hills cop beverly hills uh, cop was good that was solid vampire of brooklyn <laughs> dream girls i think i think beverly hills cop is his best as a as a genuine movie, right? Um, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. He got nominated for an Academy Award in that movie. Like really? that means anything? Well, I mean, but he was genuinely really good in it. So. Isn't that the one with with Mariah Carey or whatever in it? With Jennifer Hudson and and Beyonce. Yes, That's, what and That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, I didn't watch it. All those light-skinned black chicks, they all look the same. Beyonce, I mean, Mariah Carey. 
But to our to our uh, our societal issue, at the at the risk of sounding pompous and self promoting, you wrote a blog about it. I have a blog. <laughs> it's the thirdhelix.com. Link in the description article. below. Yeah. Um, it, the article in question is a plan of action for an American Renaissance. It's lengthy. How many? How many? I, how many hundred pages is it? Lengthy by your standards? Because if Brian said it's lengthy, y'all better pack a lunch. I'm sure okay, it's good. It's, I'm sure it's good it's though. Le- it's, you better pack it's, a lunchable. Uh, lunchable. <laughs> you can pack a <laughs> pack a charcuterie board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, what was that? Yeah. What was that one thing? The shackle box. <laughs> they put the charcuterie board in the tackle box so you can take it with you. Yeah, that's right. But uh, no, it's uh, if I do say so myself, I put a lot of thought into it. I um, hope so. I I think I think I'm on to something. I think it's uh, I think I uh, I put I I believe I have identified our problems and the way to resolve them. Um, it's actually very simple. But it's not easy. If it's very simple, what's the what's the what's the Cliff Notes answer? What's the executive summary? Um, well, we need we need a resurgent, revitalized, redefined church. Okay. And and the way to do that is to we need to revolutionize our epistemology, our our soteriology, and our ecclesiology. According to the Divine Council world, you better I provide, back up. I provide definitions for those three things. <laughs> they're actually they're actually pretty simple yeah. and straightforward. Yeah, simple. It. Sounds simple. And it, they all revolve around our misdefinition of the word so, faith as so, Christian. So, Brian, funny, funny, quick aside. I actually thought about you on Sunday. So today's Monday for those listening at home. I thought about you yesterday while I was at church because right. my pastor's sermon was about stuff but he actually said he put up on his slide christology uh so sort sort sortiology soteriology soteriology ecclesiology and what was the other one epistemology epistemology he didn't use epistemology he used another word there was four words that he put up but basically he was saying your christology informs your soteriology which then informs your ecclesiology. Oh, uh, missionology was the fourth one that he was talking about. But basically he was explaining it in like a, like an equation that you have to start with who you believe Christ is and was, because then that determines how you interpret and understand what's in the Bible, which then informs what kind of a church you are, which then informs what kind of missions and work you do in the world. I thought, I thought that was interesting. And I, I was thinking about you when he said that. And then he just as a kind of a throwaway. He made a comment about, in fact, I, I, I was going to go find the actual clip just so I could link it to you from our, because it's on YouTube, uh, links, links in the description, mm-hmm. uh, City Church, Moore, Oklahoma. But um, he actually said, you know, when you go to heaven, he's like, we're not going to go to heaven as these disembodied souls and like have wings and flutter around in heaven, like heaven's going to come back to earth. And I was like, er, like what just happened? <laughs> That, uh, <laughs> that gives me hope, man. <laughs> but it was funny that both of those things were in his sermon yesterday. So he he said that in a congregation full of churches, mm-hmm. of Christians. Yeah, I told you, bro. Did, it's not all. We're they, not all lost. Did they riot? No. Huh. No. 
were there reactions? Were there gas? I, I was upstairs in the fun? booth. I don't know. Like I was, I was up there running things. There was two other guys in the booth with me doing our production, and I turned and looked at my. Uh, our, our production team lead, because I'm not the team leader. I'm, I just run the thing. I have a guy who's yeah. like on the board and does the stuff. And I said, you do know how that right there was really, um, it's a little. That was ballsy. You know, and he just kind of was like, yeah, you know. Mm. And I don't know that, you know, I don't know how much he was yeah. paying attention to it or yeah. didn't really understand it. But I was like, look, I said, if you went down into our congregation outside of today's service and said, hey, what happens when you die? Most people say that. And, you know, we had a quick conversation about it, but it was just funny. In fact, I'll, I'm going to pull the link up for you after we drop oh. this call, Brian. I'm going to I'm going to shoot it over to you. OK, but my my concern. This either is they're, either they're either either they're already familiar with this and they're on board with it. So that wasn't shocking or they're apathetic and weren't really paying attention and didn't understand the implications of what he said. I hope it's the there, you, you do realize there's other options there, right? Like people go, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder what he meant. Or somebody goes, I don't know if I agree with that. And I want to go talk to the pastor and find out what he meant. You you, you have a very um, uncharitable disposition Come when on. it comes to Christians. Do I? You just did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Case in point. Well, Rewind. Run the tape back. The first option is pretty <laughs> No, it wasn't. The first one was the first one was it was either old hat or they don't give a shit. No, not old you hat. left you left no uh, other option on the table. Like we, we already know well, this guy's he's probably been drinking last night. <laughs> we don't know what it is. Well, my my first option was that this is this is already been explained to them and they're already on board and they've already accepted it, which would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Or they're just like, oh, I don't know what he just said. Right, but, just... but the point is there's there's all the other options. Someone could have been like, they could have looked at their wife and been like, what the hell is he talking because about? Because typically when I, like, when, I say this, when I say this to Christians, they're, they're shocked and offended I, I, by it. I know, I know. And I agree with you. And I've, like I've tried to tell you, though, there are pastors out there preaching the word. All right. Well, I don't think I'm being uncharitable. I think I'm, I was... Charitable on the one option. I didn't. I didn't list. A, I didn't list an exhaustive range of. You said of either options. or. You okay. implied two options. That was pretty. I don't. Pretty I don't think you're being very charitable with me right now. I'm not at all. I'm, I'm going to hold you to account. Well, I want. I want our listeners to know that I'm the charitable one. Hmm. And if I'm the charitable one, we're in trouble. You need to be more charitable. I'm pretty charitable. You, oh. you, you have your moments of charity. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for being charitable. You know, you're not very charitable in attributing charity to people, Matt. Well, that was like Dre in our in our chat when he was like, I want to get in. I was like, I think we should. He's like, well, thanks for the permission. And I was like, what the hell is that? I said that so tongue-in-cheek. I knew we would get some kind of reaction. Oh. Well, glad, right. glad you approved. I'm glad you gave me permission. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing as I typed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So is that it, boys? All right. I think uh, I think I'm tapped out. I think that's a reasonable conclusion. I think that was a good chat. Good. So so for those listening at home, we we had teased coming into this that we were going to talk about. Uh, 
you know, what happens mm-hmm. when you die, near de- near death experiences and those kinds of things. But we all went off and watched a movie that we thought was important, so we wanted to talk about it. So we'll get into that next week. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if anybody who tuned in just wanted to hear that. Um, we'll be here next week. Yeah. Don't apologize. They liked it. Yeah. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I wasn't being. I wasn't. I'm not. Hey, it's one of two things. Either they liked it people. and they'll come back, or they didn't. Like, and that's it. <laughs> And we'll never see that again. <laughs> That's so uncharitable, dude. Forever. That's so uncharitable. Or they really liked it and they want more content. Just right, they're like, like, can you guys just review movies? We just need to do movie reviews and politics instead of like, you guys don't know shit about the Bible, but we all talk about movies and, and, and Vivek and the presidential election. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right, boys. We will, we will talk to you next week.